Hello, everyone, and welcome to Paul and Moses Play, a celebration of games and play, and a deep dive into video games and what make them so special to us. I'm your host, Paul Berberich, and with me, as always, is Dr. Moses Wolfenstein. Hello, Moses. Hello, Paul. We are back. We certainly are back after another few weeks of good old, good old life flowing. Life, life flowing does. And going. Life is finding a way. Yes. <laughs> it's, its way was unfortunately not to the pod, uh, but it was to some gaming. I don't know about you, but I've, I've had some some nice, notable gaming moments in the, in the last couple of weeks. Nice. Yeah, I've had uh, I've had a few. Um, nothing too terribly new from. From me. Um, Wait, what? I'm pretty sure that you hadn't beaten uh, uh, Slay the Tower Spire. Oh, Slay the Spire. Falls. Well, I thought maybe I maybe I had, maybe I hadn't, but because uh, it has been a few weeks since we recorded. But yeah, we've been, um, we missed two weeks, man. It's, yeah, it's been weird. So I, uh, I yeah, I have managed to beat it with the three starting classes. Um, yeah. Any one of which seemed impossible, you know, when you first start. And I even made Still it. Seems that way to me. Yeah. And many runs still are that way for me. The, it's quite rare for me to have a, a win, uh, even these days. Um, and then, yeah, I checked out the final secret boss, where you have to do sort of a challenge run and beat the regular boss. And then you get to the final secret boss, who, I mean, the game is already tuned to be so difficult. And yeah. they just, it feels like they doubled the effective difficulty for this final encounter as like a massive like fuck you final challenge kind of thing that most people probably won't ever do well, you might as well go play inscription at this point yeah yeah um there is a fourth class um who's really interesting but very complicated and so hmm. it's you know and i'm also might be reaching the end of my time with it so i'm not sure if i'll dive too much into that last class seeing the horizon uh, as we've been known to say yeah yeah right on but, uh, sounds like it's been a hell of a run though yeah and even just last night, I beat Ascension level two with the fighter. Basically, you can make each run harder, and then you beat that, and then you get Ascension three, and etc. Gotcha. Um, but I think I'm, yeah, I think I'm reaching the end of of that road as well. It happens. It happens, especially when you're when, when a game is so good to you that you're trying to squeeze the the last drops out of it. It's like a Mario game where you're like going for all of the coins, right? Right. And you're like, no, this game has been good enough to me that I, I want 100% it or come as close as I'm going to before I'm like, all right, it's time. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And that does, um, it does happen. Otherwise, uh, just some Vampire Survivors. I've been unlocking uh, sort of the final bits of it, or at least the final bits that I think I'm good or devoted enough to unlock. So a couple yeah, of Yeah, you know, I saw an RPS review that um, indicated that there is a the game is super well worth it by every measure which again and if you haven't played it since early release like i haven't that it's worth dipping back into but that the very the end game is has a different feel to it yeah which it kind of needs to because it is mm -hmm. such a simple idea through and through sure for the, you know if you want more of it they're going to have to start layering in some some other stuff um a lot of which i still don't understand but uh but yeah, it continues to to be to be fun. Yeah, excellent. Yeah, I definitely have to launch that one back up again um, at some point in the near future. And uh, probably, you know, for me, it's that whole someday I shall play a PC game again. Uh, it will happen. It will happen. 
um, but uh, not not too immediately, anytime soon. As I had mentioned when we when we when we last uh, recorded, that um, you know I decided to dip into the retro catalog on yeah. on the old PlayStation, and uh, that I've been slaying Colossi, and mm-hmm. um, you know I really thought that I would actually probably have finished the game by the time that we got to this episode and recording it because of our delay. Um, but I'm on Colossus number 12. It must be 12. Yeah. 11 down. Um, and, uh, it hit with surprising difficulty for me. I was like, Oh shit, this one is, there's enough, there's a puzzle here that I haven't quite figured out yet because it moves through a few different phases. And I mean, this game has been out for fucking ever. So I think that me saying uh, a detail or two is I mean, we spoiled um, worse things to spoil than this. Right. Uh, but 12 is the one that you find in a giant pond. Um, and uh, it um, it's kind of like wading around in the pond and you need to swim underneath it to crawl up its back. But much to your chagrin compared to every other Colossus that you've encountered the game at this point except maybe the immediately prior one, the bull, like, wait, there's no, there's no glowing thing at all. There's nothing visible in terms of where you are supposed to kill it. Um, And the booming voice tells that you need to find high ground. So, you know, um, it has these teeth like things on its head that are like a crown. It's honestly the slightly uncomfortable part of the game because you strike the teeth with your sword in order to steer it towards uh, one of the structures so you can jump off of it. Um, in order to get it to the next phase, which is where I'm slightly stuck because you can get it to kind of come up and jump onto it, which you're clearly supposed to do. Uh, but then it brings you underwater and that's where I'm a little bit stuck, but coming back to the teeth things, um, it's just, they are very toothy looking and you hit them and it makes a kind of clinking sound. And it's like, there's a slightly visceral quality to that moment that is not exactly pleasant. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm still loving it, and I'm definitely going to be wrapping it up in the not too too distant future. But I'm curious uh, in these these remaining handful of colossi what might wait ahead for me, and of course, uh, whatever doom lies at the end of this game. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and they're not too subtle about that from the first one. Like you know, now you're heading towards a doomed ending, and honestly, for when this game came out, that was like a super novel thing to be doing in a video game. Yeah, and even even without it spelling it out as it as it does which uh, which is which is fine but just the quest that you're on you're going to a place called the forbidden it's the forbidden land right i believe that's and right yeah trying to essentially practice necromancy and, and bring this girl back to life and you don't know what the character's relation to her is exactly right like are they in a relationship already did he abduct her you know how is did he a she sibling? die we literally don't yeah how she died we have no clue yeah is she a willing participant in any of this um would she rather stay dead we don't know yeah and yeah you will you will certainly well i don't know about all the answers but you'll you'll get a, a good, I'll a get good some answer. sort of answer i, I suspect yeah. yeah but man it is a gorgeous game and i'm not going to say anything else about it today only because i want to leave um plenty i mean obviously i've I've beaten a lot of Colossi, including some that I had not experienced before. I'm not going to say anything else about it in this pod episode, only because, um, you know, once I've beaten the game, I will want to want to save something to talk about at that point. But I did yeah. want to call out because who knows whether I'll mention this part about the teeth later. It's just one of those things. Every once in a while, games make you feel and not in the way that you normally think about feeling with art. But when art manages to 
cause you to have a truly uncomfortable feeling. Um, it, it is one of the powerful things that you can do with medium. So yeah, pretty cool. Pretty cool. Cool. Um, any other notables before? Oh we, God. Um, yeah. Move ahead? yeah. I've got a couple of other big notables here. So uh, well, another book. Slam, yeah, well, I'm pulling out the, the tome onto your because I took notes on this one after okay. our last episode. So this is like two weeks ago, which is why uh, why I took notes. Um, I was like, you know, I'm not going to jump back into Elden Ring right now um, after our Elden Reckoning, but I felt compelled to jump into Dark Souls three and nice. um, give uh, Lothric and Lorien some goes. And for some reason, I felt compelled to specifically take eleven attempts. Um, I was, I was not, uh, at my most crisp, let's say, but here on, uh, attempt one, I made it to phase one, maybe about 50% health on attempt two, I made it to phase two and uh, I got close to taking Lothric down phase one back to about 50% uh, attempt four rather, um, uh, uh, like a near instant death. <laughs> so my, oh no, I got, I got to phase two and then had a near instant death, which you know how it goes. Um, on phase five, I apparently had forgotten to um, shift my flasks. And so I accidentally downed some blue Estus and uh, decided to just let myself get killed. Because okay. it's one of those where you're like, this isn't worth it. Because if I happen to make it through this, I'm going to be like, okay, I used up my essential resource. And I, like, if I am having a good run, it's not. It's, it's just like throw away, right? Uh, attempt number six, uh, only phase one, but my only note on it was a brawl. So... Uh, I apparently had some kind of a knockdown again, this is like two weeks ago, uh, with Lothric on that one, uh, you know, for attempts, uh, seven through 10, I never made it past phase one again. Um, and, uh, on, uh, my eighth attempt, apparently, uh, my main note was so fucking help me. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. So fucking help me that candelabra, which actually does tell me what it was that happened. Um, you know, that room has all of the chairs and candelabra and stuff that you can yeah. break. And I clearly, and it's not the first time that's happened on a Dark Souls fight where you get kind of stuck behind an object in the room that like this, it should break or it should something. And like, you're like just getting cornered and smashed. Um, and uh, yeah, phase number, uh, attempt number uh, nine, uh, an exponential stabbing? No, mm -hmm. an experience in stabbing experiment in stabbing <laughs> and then again stabbing um i don't know you know i'm playing a sorcerer in in this particular run i think that i was trying to get stabby with it with my my uh my pointy thing um and then uh finally i'll skip 10 but i i did get uh back to phase two and pretty far into it on my 11th attempt this will not be the last time i take up pick up dark souls 3 between now and the end of the year i can tell you that much it was really uh, it was a delight to jump back into it. Um, and it's funny, like, uh, for all of the, the darkness of the environment and everything, there is still, it's not quite original Dark Souls comfort, but there is still a comfort to, to Dark Souls 3, yeah. um, you know, comfort food of gaming type of thing, which is so weird for a very difficult game to have that feel, but it, but it certainly does. So, yeah. Can you remind me how deep into phase two, like the, the, the deepest that you've Got oh, I've uh, taken down Lothric and I have, um, you know, done some damage to Lorien. And I think I've had Lorien res Lothric twice. Okay. 
basically is the deepest that I've gotten into that. So, I mean, that is the shape of the end of that fight. And it's just about being able to, to take down Lorien ultimately. And right. as a sorcerer, it's a particularly challenging fight because, you know, if you're melee, you have to get in there close anyway. And so when Lothric is down, you have a good opportunity to, to wail on Lorien and you have the potential to get behind and hit them both. Right. Um, and that's just not really going to happen as a sorcerer. It's not a viable strategy because you're so, you know, such a, such a fragile vase, <laughs> thin piece of glass that I am. Um, I'm sure it's theoretically possible to make a tougher sorcerer, um, you know, with, with less rolling and, and heavier armor. It's not like uh, Dark Souls harkens to D&D's rule of like not allowing you to cast while you're wearing plate. Right. Um, but that's not how I built this character. So I am where I am. It's doable. It's reachable. It's attainable. It certainly didn't happen a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. I thought I was thinking back and I'm like, I'm pretty sure Moses has gotten, you know, the revelation of the, the resurrections that. Yeah. Occurred. Yeah. I know I've had it. I've, I've gotten that far more than once. Yeah, you know, several times, and on you know, on my best attempt, he actually had resed him twice. Which, like, yeah, the fucking second time, the first time you see him res him a second time, yeah. you're just like, your heart sinks. You're just like, oh no, not not again. Yeah. Oh no, how am I going to have enough mana to like make it through this fight ever? But I mean, yeah, yeah it as long as you're efficient, that part is not really the problem. It's yep. It's, really staying alive staying alive it's just being able to not let your hands get your hands and your brain get too tired like be able to keep up your rolls and just keep mentally sharp to be uh keeping your right right range and distance and dodging whatever the heck it is that lorian i don't know the name of the spell that he casts that sends all the little things chasing after you yeah there's that and then the teleporting and the sword and then just the subtle he fuck has a you. big blast that he does too, right? Well, yeah, the subtle does. fuck you. Like he doesn't, there's no big animation. He just like, it's almost like he just lifts one finger and yeah. ping, it comes and out at you. Unleashes a fucking Sometimes laser. Sometimes he'll do it like twice in a row just to make sure your either your spirit or your body are definitely dead. Broken. Um, you can rest here too if you like. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what have I, two or three times now as a sorcerer beaten the game? So like that is, that is pain that I am very familiar with well familiar with yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah i think that if i were to i mean one final note on that as i think i mentioned to you the other day that i do have my um you know twin bladed fifi uh dude with the rolling the the rolling feature where uh, whatever ring he has he can't get hit for a few seconds uh during a roll he like becomes invisible mm -hmm. um and he's in the grand archives so um, I may wind up like popping back over to that character and at least getting him to the fight as well. Um, and just to change it up and see whether or not, uh, see how it feels to take that fight on with a, with a melee character who has the ability to take a few more hits, yeah. you know, <laughs> definitely a few more hits. So, yeah. Well, it's also no mean feat getting to the, getting through the archives. With the archives. Like... They're not as bad as the Duke's archives, but they are tough. I wonder. You're probably right. It may be a first time kind thing. of toughness, but yeah. yeah, it may it may be that it's more of a first time thing. The the first time trying to to figure out the Duke's archives was yeah. really hard. Yeah. Um. Whereas the Grand Archives aren't as difficult to figure out. Um. But I would say that they're probably a little bit tougher in terms of just enemy difficulty and mm -hmm. uh, and pathing. <clears throat> yeah. So. Yeah, I don't know. After all, you do have a, what was previously a boss in the game just teleporting around and fucking trying to tear you down as you're as you're going through. 
right technically have to kill him but you know kind of a lot easier if you do right um my one other note before we jump into it is we are in a new season of apex it is eclipse a new legend has been released catalyst catalyst is the first trans legend released in the game she's pretty awesome i like her voice acting um people are toxic and terrible as would be predictable not in most of the fandom but in certain vocal elements of it which i'm like what game have you been playing this whole time like they released in the original set of legends you have a non-binary legend and a gay legend two gay legends cost both yeah yeah you have two gay legends and a non-binary legend in like the original set so i'm like wh- where have you been this whole time that you're going to be angry about a trans legend you got just go go play call of duty <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> it's weird um but the other thing people do complain about her voice lines is that she talks about like crystals and tarot cards and such and i don't know i'm like it's a game chill out people but at least i i cannot that that to me is a reasonable thing to be annoyed about in character writing compared to especially in this game sexuality or gender identity um and um abilities wise she seems very balanced in battle royale um but she has this uh kind of wall she can manipulate ferro fluid um to make like traps and she can as her ult can make this giant wall which i haven't played a lot of arenas i haven't played actually a lot of apex yet this season um but that wall seems like it might be broken in arenas and possibly in late game because she can walk right through it but it slows everyone else down Mm. and it blocks scan abilities and i definitely like in i played like two arenas matches and i was like that person's really abusing that ult Mm. effectively i can't be angry like good on you in the first week of the game of like getting on this like that's sharp but um but yeah well we'll see um and meanwhile they did release a new map second largest map in the game i don't think people are going to be complaining about this one um it's pretty sweet and they added a thing called uh zip rails so zip lines have been in the game since the beginning these are like high speed uh built-in zip lines that can get you around parts of the map really quickly and you like accelerate as you're going on them it's a nice feeling. Cool. So yeah, as I said, a bunch of front-loaded stuff. I've been doing doing a lot of gaming. I, I think maybe we don't even need to get into it, but we had a whole second. Uh, we're we're on the anniversary of uh, Farm RPG. If I'm not mistaken, oh no, we just passed hmm. the anniversary of Farm RPG, and we just returned to the Halloween event, which is when I first started playing. Ah, interesting. So we we just cruised through that while we've been on on our unintentional podcast break. Yeah, I don't know if you've peeked at your friends list, but I mean, or you could probably even tell me now how many days it's been. Oh. I, f- I feel like it's been two months, uh, maybe since I opened the app, or at least a month. Really? Wow. Um, yeah, uh, I still am fond of it, but I kind of feel like I saw the the whole breadth of it, uh, as it currently exists anyway. Um, I'm sure my wine is all maxed out, and it's aging and all that, but... Uh, yeah, you've been off of uh, off here for a month. Okay. 28 yep. days, 18 yep. hours and 11 minutes. Yep. 25 seconds. But who's counting? 30 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> I might I might pop back in at some point. It, it got to the point where even the new features, like it used to be I would stay up until midnight frequently to get the next day stuff like oh here my wine's gonna age and i can do this and that oh sure um let alone a big update coming in like oh my god i'm gonna do all the stuff and then it got to the point where the updates i just kind of didn't want to do the quests or the grindy bits um 
because it it all sort of is the same like verbs you're using just in different ways you it's know? a clicker game at the end of the day yeah so it's got a very limited set of verbs uh they added in uh adventures um mm. and i'm gonna assume i haven't checked into them except for jill's corn maze which was the seasonal that came with the halloween okay um event and um you know it's like go north south east west from here you can go these directions you can pick up objects etc um mm. so definitely a different set of verbs um very slight expansion but i have to admit that it you know i like i popped into the corn maze like five times uh it it's cool but it doesn't it it's like adding something to the game for sure but because it wasn't uh, ironically from what you were just saying like i'm not sure this game needs that to be compelling at what it does yeah yeah i'm just looking at my uh wine cellar here okay so it's not quite <laughs> maxed, it's not quite out. All maxed out but the value of my wine cellar is 4.7 billion. Not um, bad. An average value of 13 and a half million per, oh per bottle. Um, so yeah, if, if I ever need money. Uh, <laughs> There's always money in the wine cellar. Right. <laughs> That's not how that goes. Uh, cool. Well, uh, anything before, else before we uh, press ahead here? Now with that, I have disposed of two weeks worth of uh, gaming highlights. All right. Well, let us uh, press ahead then as stated into the first feature of the show. It's time for Game Ranks. Rank it on up, Moses. Well, Paul, this week I'm going to rank a game that you have, in fact, ranked already and relatively recently. It is essentially overdue for me but it must be ranked. The time has come. Yes, it's true. Super Mario Bros, which, you know, notably, we call it Super Mario Brothers, but that's not what it says on the cartridge. And it's not what it says when you go to look it up online. It is Super Mario Bros, definitionally and very realistically. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, you know, I burnt some brain cells thinking about where I wanted to rank this game. Um, and uh, ultimately decided I'm going to rank it as my 68th game. I'm going to rank it at number 55, uh, right after Metroid and right before Time Splitters 2. So it's in Nintendish company as far as I'm concerned. I certainly very much so with, with Metroid. And uh, I mean, the Metroid ranking, this is the thing. I, I could easily have ranked this game higher in some ways. Yet I go down this list and I'm like, I can't justify that. I actually can't justify moving most of these other games lower in order to put this game higher. Um, and that's, you know, that's all, all that it kind of needed. And when I got to Metroid, I was like, oh, I'm getting close, but I, you know, this is, we're ranking games that we love based off of our favorites. Right. Yeah. And so when I, when I came to Metroid, I was like, I, you know, looking at original Nintendo games, I do love Metroid more than I love super Mario Bros. And, you know, um, I've never finished either of these games um, myself, although I've certainly gotten close. Uh, thank you to Warp Zones as far as Super Mario Brothers goes. There's no, I, I don't know if in my younger days I ever would have had uh, the time and opportunity to, uh, to get to Bowser's Castle without warping. Um, but, um, but nonetheless, um, it just, uh, it didn't quite make the cut above Metroid for me. But it certainly does have to make that that higher cut. It's no, there's no way that it's like going to hang out at the bottom of the list where it's going to get bumped by numerous things um, along with with some of the other stuff hanging out down there. And uh, but equally, it wasn't going to like make it into my top 
25 because I've got so many games that I love so much that are ranked higher. Um, I mean, that said, there's just, there's just so much to love about Super Mario Brothers. Um, yeah. It was probably my friend Jonah's house uh, uh, might be the first friend who I remember going over there and, and him having this game when the Nintendo was new. But there's a handful of others. There's a handful of other friends uh, from, from my youth, uh, you know, the friends who had Nintendos. Um, and uh, I definitely remember, like, just being blown away by this game that the there were technically platformers there were predecessors um including the original uh the original mario brothers uh arcade cabinet um and including donkey kong for that matter uh arguably a platformer in a, in the most generic sense um but load runner was one that was on like the the apple um or or on a uh, pc at the time um just to kind of pull one game where there's running and jumping i mean in a weird sort of way, Moon Patrol is arguably a, a platformer. Sure. Yeah, not really, uh, but but kind of. Um, uh, endless a, Runner, it's the predecessor of Yeah, the it's more of an Endless Runner. You're right. Yeah, right. Even though it's funny because it would be decades before that that term would come out. <laughs> like many other game genres would be originated yeah. and given names before we gave, gave a name of the Endless Runner. Um, but still, there had been nothing like it. There had been, been absolutely nothing like it. And I mean... Among other things, let me just drop this in here. I mean, that moment where you've beaten that first world, uh, that first level, and you go down the pipe, and you've got this just complete and absolute shift, right? It's just palette like swap. palette swap, music swap. It's taking you to this whole brand new, totally different place. And like, wow, just getting back to that theme of ours of like, games that excite the imagination it's a little bit of a hard cut um and like make you think about like well what else could be here what else is going on in this world that's been created um like it truly truly just was opening doors uh to that for for so many kids to think about and imagine and experience something that they otherwise could never experience might never have thought about just so much weirdness too yeah like, I think it's worth calling out one thing about Mario. There's actually a lot of weirdness and that so much of what we've just kind of like accepted now, like, oh, I eat this mushroom and I get big. Like, what? <laughs> like, sure, it's kind of Alice in Wonderlandish, but like in a totally casual way. Yeah, all these tropes that are now fully accepted and yeah, going through pipes, piranha plants, you know, like, uh, I guess this isn't the original Mario Brothers, but like a, a feather giving you a raccoon tail. Yeah. You know? And of course, that makes sense. Yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah, for me, for this week, um, I'm just, uh, you know, yes, it also laid down, um, you know, everybody's collective hatred of water levels, which I think is unearned when it comes to to the original, but it probably is the, the squiddies that... Um, for most people led them to, to hate the original water yeah. level so much. I don't know. That's speculation on my part. I actually always enjoyed the water levels. Um, the music was a big part of that, but there is just a, um, it almost turns into a, sh a shmup, especially if you have the fire or flower, you know? Sure. Um, and yeah, blasting away at the enemies was, was fun. And there's just a lot of tense moments. And I loved those, those uh, suction areas where oh, yeah. it's like oh swim down here to get the coins 
if you dare, you know. If you uh, dare. A lot of little self-imposed challenges you can do. Um, I really... I mean, I wouldn't have anything any other way, but if I could go back and evaluate, like, one game for the first time, you know, with fresh eyes, I, I would want it to be this game, I think. That's really well put, actually. And I think that I would probably rank it differently if, uh, if I were to have that experience as well, especially with the notion of, like, if you could somehow have uh, your gaming chops to, to be able to, to not have to suck quite as much as you're learning the basics, mm -hmm. um, but then to, to experience it fresh, it would be quite the experience. Yeah. No doubt. <laughs> Just a double dose of fanfare. <laughs> Sometimes it's Why necessary. Not? But I mean, hey, it's it's Super Mario Bros. Anyway. Yeah. Well, what do you have to rank for us this week? Well, for myself this week, um, actually the first thing I'll mention, there was a bit of confusion on my part with my rankings. I somehow missed adding this very game, Super Mario Bros, to my list when I when I ranked it. When you ranked it, so your numbers um, were off. <clears throat> yeah, so starting at 65 for me is uh, Super Mario Bros, then Final Fantasy XI at 66, Loop Hero at 67, and coming in hot and fresh at 68 is Blaseball. Oh, wow. You're it's ranking Blaseball now. Finally time. Yeah. Um, wow. Just with the, the delight that uh, you and I are, are sharing uh, at it being back, even in its limited form, uh, kind of was enough to tell me that now is is the right time for me to rank baseball. Sure enough, I almost feel like you might wind up having to revisit this ranking down the road, but only time will tell. It's it's possible. Who who knows? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but well, wait. Are you saying that baseball would be ranked lower or or higher? I'm saying that uh, it's like you're ranking baseball beta, and that like we don't exactly know what the new shape of baseball might uh, cause you to almost rank it as a separate game. It's not impossible. It's unlikely, but it's not impossible. Uh, true. I will say that like, even if the baseball that we've already gotten is all the baseball we're going to get, I still think it would be pretty high. Oh like, yeah. No, I'm not even questioning that. I, you know, I, what I I'm simply suggesting that in a sense, as we were about to start a new era, uh, it, it, it's almost like you are ranking the previous era of base baseball and that maybe that will also account for, uh, for baseball in its entirety, but uh, yeah. we'll, we'll probably have to revisit this question in a year. Yeah. Um, but you know, not a whole lot to say because we speak about it so frequently and fondly. Um, <clears throat> what I did want to say is one thing that I really love about it is that it's always there. Uh, always there for you uh, when it's running, of course. <laughs> when it is, <laughs> uh, but even now you can watch the ticker go up in in real time and speculate as to uh, you know what what is going on out there and wait for the next fall. Um, as we'll as we'll get into with the uh, the return of the baseball update uh, coming uh, a little later in the show here, Indeed. but um, you know you wake up at two a.m. you can't sleep. Uh, there's a there's a there's a baseball game going on or if there isn't then you can look at all the games coming up uh, and bet on them and rearrange your your items or you know go on the discord and and chat um and i've always just it, you know it's the reason i love animal crossing so much among among many other reasons but there is a coziness 
to uh, a game. I mean, you can turn on a game. I could turn on Vampire Survivors and it would technically be there, right? But sure. if I turn on Animal Crossing at 3 a.m., all the villagers are going to be asleep except for like the night owl and I can talk to him and it will be a real, you know, quotes, uh, place that's existing. And same with baseball. There is something happening in baseball uh, right now, you know, when it's, again, when it's like fully armed and operational. Um, <clears throat> and there's just a coziness there and a comfort there. And, you know, talking about gaming as comfort food, baseball is, even if you are watching Sutton Picklestein uh, get, what even happened to him? Did he get in? Yeah, I think he got incinerated. I was going to say, I'm going to assume it's incinerated if there's nothing else. Yeah, my very first uh, baseball idol. Um, but we will always have the Sutton Picklestein Memorial Fun Run, uh, which is commemorated on a T-shirt that I really want to buy. But, um, <laughs> but um, you know, so much to love. The the community, the drama, the speculation, the, the lore, the mysteries, you know, um, and something as simple as just getting to watch a Taco's Magic game with you, which I think only happened once. We've only uh, done that once so far. <clears throat> We've only done that once so far, but we'll be doing a lot more of it in the in the coming year. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and obviously much more, <coughs> excuse me, to say about baseball as time goes on. Uh, but for now, uh, I think I'll leave it at that. My, my new number 68. Awesome. Yeah, uh, and with that, I think we'll push ahead to the next feature of the show. It's time for What I Love About. What I Love About Metal Gear Solid <clears throat> is uh, the story. The story, the production. It. I've decided that it is my my modern poetry uh, uh, for for me. The the game, the dialogue. Um, Again, the production, the music, I've always been fascinated with it. And I've always been semi-obsessed with the first maybe five minutes or so of Metal Gear Solid on the PlayStation. Um, because there had never been anything like it with this full, crisp voice acting, orchestrated score. Like, you are watching a movie, uh, and and you were. And there have been cutscenes before and everything, but it never felt like... <clears throat> Hollywood movie and um, so I'm going to play you uh, just a, a little bit of that first part there um, but before I get to that I've actually been uh, I decided as like a brain training thing that I was going to memorize the entire script of Metal Gear Solid <laughs> which is insane because it's like a 12 hour even if you just even if you take out the gameplay just the dialogue and everything is a lot but um, I haven't practiced in, in a bit here, but I'll, I'll give you uh, what I've got so far. Um, the nuclear weapons disposal facility located on Shadow Moses Island, part of Alaska's Fox Archipelago, was attacked and captured by next generation special forces being led by members of Foxhound. They're demanding that the government turn over the remains of Big Boss. And they say that if their demands are not met within 24 hours, they'll launch a nuclear weapon. So that's all I've got so far. Man, uh, I've got to uh, say, though, you're right about the modern poetry. I Obviously, that's not even getting into the poetics of games and the fact that, like, when you talk about games as poetry, that's more complicated and involves all of the modes of, you know, engagement. But, like, 
that's so fucking compelling. Yeah. And especially when it's, you know, the, the real uh, voice actors and all that um, doing their thing, uh, which I will now play you a bit. Of, and I swear, man, I, I listen to this a lot. I listen to it at work. Um, and I love so much about it. The, the music by Harry Gregson Williams is a huge part of it. Um, there's this haunting sort of uh, bit here with, with some uh, a woman's voice singing. And then it's like my favorite thing. It is this very sinister synth stinger that's like da da dung da da dung da da dung it's like oh this is like serious shit so uh without further ado our listeners can't see my eyebrows rising through the top of my head isn't that good yeah (laughs) yeah this synth is tight Like an episode of Unsolved Mysteries. Got a sub going here. Yeah. See how well I did. The nuclear weapons disposal facility on Shadow Moses Island in Alaska's Fox Archipelago was attacked and captured by next generation special forces, being led by members of Foxhound. They're demanding that the government turn over the remains of Big Boss. And they say that if their demands are not met within 24 hours, they'll launch a nuclear weapon. You'll have two mission objectives. First, you're to rescue DARPA Chief Donald Anderson and the president of Armstech, Kenneth Baker. Both are being held as hostages. Secondly, you're to investigate whether or not the terrorists have the ability to make a nuclear strike and stop them if they do. What's the insertion method? We'll approach the disposal facility by sub. And then we'll launch a one-man SDV. After the SDV gets as close as it can, dispose of it. From you'll have to swim. I mean, you know, you and I could sit here and, and keep watching and perhaps... Uh, in person someday we we shall perhaps we shall but i think that our listeners uh would, would not be particularly um engaged with a <laughs> four and a half hour episode right. that includes four hours of listening yeah <laughs> um but you can see what i mean like i've heard it dozens of times and i still am getting caught up in like the rising anticipation and like shooting this dude out of a submarine you know um what are those things called submarine missiles <laughs> torpedoes yeah you know he's got his little torpedo little craft that he's in uh sneaking in and um i just love it so yeah wanted wanted to share that epic epic indeed uh cool well let's uh move into the next feature of the show then shall we it's time for tell me about and Moses, there's a, a inkling in my brain that maybe I've asked this before, or maybe something similar, but we'll we'll just go for it. Um, if you could have any item from any game, and uh, the word item here is being used as broadly as you wish, mm. uh, what would it be? And this is extremely difficult because there are items in RimWorld that can bring someone back to life. I mean, et cetera, right? There are, oh, but who, 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 you know, 
who even wants that necessarily? Like, uh, but nonetheless, uh, I wondered uh, what what your thoughts might be. Yeah, I mean, it's a really difficult question, an extraordinarily difficult question, because <laughs> you basically unleashed the, you've definitely not asked me this specific question before, Okay. but you basically unleashed the entirety of the imagination of game designers over these, you know, several decades that video games have been a thing and said, hey, yeah, feel free to pick any one thing out of there. Oh, God, it's like very very tough call like if you had limited it by a world then this would be easier but right. not necessarily easy depending on which world it was um and of course there are many games that i haven't played which probably somebody would be like oh you missed the best obvious choice duh it would have been this um but you know i'm still gonna probably miss a really good obvious choice out of a game that um that i have played um this is actually kind of a weird choice, but for some reason, it's what my mind is drawn to. Um, and I, I, I will say this, I, I do think it, it, when given a choice like this, it would be foolish not to pick something that was either uh, of, um, you know, magical or technological nature mm -hmm. that um, that allowed for, for some some fairly extraordinary experience. Mm -hmm. um, and like I said, listen. I will undoubtedly be thinking about this and kicking myself for this answer later, except that thank goodness it does not involve me actually manifesting and getting this thing and being like, oh, dang, I could have had that instead. Um, but I think I'm going to go with the Normandy. Okay. Yeah. I think that a small, faster than light spaceship that's just like fully fucking equipped to the nines um, and uh, you know, has all manner of, of surface tech on it for when you need to go, go down to the surface, mm -hmm. um, within the bounds of like our universe as it is. And, and here's the call, the part of my call here, there are a lot of in-game items that would be too powerful. It's kind of like what you alluded to. There are things that could bring somebody back from the dead, right? There are things that can grant you infinite power. There are things that can cause infinite destruction. Um, right. And any of those is too much. And yeah. like, I would feel like it's too much to wield. It's too much to have, uh, even if I felt comfortable with um, with the power of something that's like, um, you know, Infinity Gauntlet-esque, mm -hmm. um, which I mean, yeah, I'm sure it's been entered into a game at some point now. Um, it would still be just like, that's, that's too much power to have around. <laughs> it's not a good idea. Um, but I think having a fucking sweet faster than light spaceship that would allow you to, even if you, even if there is no other habitable place to go and drop down to, which I highly doubt, but having a ship like this would allow us to find out, mm -hmm. to go and experience these different places and who knows, probably stir up too much trouble and bring something back that would devour the earth. It's just the way that these things go. Cause once you start bringing video game technology into the real world then yeah you feel like there's an inevitability of video game-esque villainy uh arising um and uh what distinguishes it from our own human villainy is prim primarily probably the scale because after all humans are plenty capable of doing fucked up shit themselves so you know um maybe not where you thought i was going to go with this i don't know where i was going to go with this if you'd said item and it was like smaller it had to be something that you could wield 
by hand or holding your hand, I would have gone down a very different direction. It would have been in some ways, maybe even more difficult, but, um, but yeah, maybe next, maybe next week. I, I did almost say no, no vehicles, huh, um, yeah. but I'm, I'm glad you answered it this way because it, you know, uh, devil's advocate or, or, or realism advocate. So, I mean, first of all, the ship has an AI, I believe. It does have an AI um, with a very sexy voice. <laughs> right. Which could pilot the ship. It can uh, pilot the ship. It's not however, as good as Joker, but it can right. pilot the ship. <clears throat> so you will at least be able to get around. But yeah, what happens when our government, any government, picks up your signature on radar, what have you? You have this once in a world technology. It's probably They're, they're going to be after you. And governments are not very friendly when it comes to tech that is beyond them yeah oh well for them i'm a lot faster than they are and i can go places they can't that is true like the the cold emptiness of space (laughs) yeah but theoretically you know again interstellar travel yeah it's almost um it's it's impossible based off physics as we understand it but fuck that that's not the point yeah so who knows what's out there? What would be out there to find an explorer? Uh, and then finding a safe space to stash the ship when you come home and decide that you're done with space travel. <laughs> right. Uh, which is the likely, uh, you know, likely conclusion of that. Um, like I said, I'll probably be kicking myself the moment we're done with this episode for this choice. Um, but, uh, but it seems like a good one. It seems like one that is bounded in terms of the amount of power where it's not so excessive as to just be a danger for it to exist on the world. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. That's kind of the big the big difference. Maker. Like, OK, if the end game is that ultimately after some uh, some point, I lose this ship and governments are capable of taking it apart and reproducing the technology, then it gets us into space. Um, yeah. And whether or not that's a good thing, I don't know. But um, but it's not the same thing as having something that uh, is capable of al- fundamentally altering reality. Mm-hmm which is the kind of video game technology that exists all over the place in games that I would not want to bring into our world because eventually it would be bad. Yeah. (laughs) I don't trust people. Eventually it would be bad. Yeah. Well, I normally try to refrain from this, but I I have to weigh in uh, this week as well. Yeah, by all means. My parameters for this are very similar to yours. Like you want something fantastical, but that has semi-limited capability for like true harm or catastrophe uh so i'd go with the portal gun that's pretty dope because like all it does is let me do something i already do which is go from place to place yeah but just a little bit faster and uh with someone whose partner lives over an hour away especially yeah boy wouldn't that be nice uh so i mean again you you got me already going why the fuck didn't i choose the portal gun as somebody who lives (laughs) in los angeles you know i could put a portal in uh uh, uh, at my my work in my office, mm-hmm. um, and then I could just open and close the the exit portal at home. Yep. Uh, so people couldn't be just walking into my house, but like right. I could go into work and come back. You know. Yeah. It'd be fucking fantastic. That would be amazing. Uh, yeah. That would honestly improve my quality of life so much. <laughs> <laughs> no just don't right portal on. the moon because that could be that could be a disaster. Uh, that would not be a triumph. Yeah. Well, Paul, oddly enough, I have an item based. Tell me about for you as well this week. Um, it's at the collision of video game items and 
Mario, although these items are not from the original Super Mario Brothers. Well, one of them is. I want you to tell me about with each of the three items from Super Mario Bros. 3, if you had this item and you could only have it for a limited time, let's say maybe a day, what would you do with it? And I have a, for our second item, I have a, a specific uh, kind of a footnote on this. So first let's start with the classic, the fire flower. Hmm. That is, that is dangerous. It is dangerous. It's a video game item that definitely should not fall into the wrong hands. The only thing I can think of for, for that would be to host like a kick-ass bonfire. Yeah. And have it be a safe place for fire-based magic. Who knows what, you know, uh, plant. Because it's a fire flower, right? I guess it is botanical in nature. And does Mario eat the flower? It's entirely unclear. Hmm. Yeah. Or does he hold it? Because in like Smash Brothers, you hold it. Oh, yeah. It blasts out more of a wall of fire. But, um, you know, you would you would be the life of the party. Like even just hucking a fireball up into the air like a like a softball and just yeah hearing it flutter away uh because that shit makes cool sounds i was <clears throat> a little bit of a pyro when i was a kid i think we all kind of were <laughs> i certainly um, was as a child yeah but Fire's i remember fascinating yeah lighting we would do campfires and we called it back in the trees there was this little uh bit of pine trees right next to a very flammable cornfield and my oh, dad God. said, you know, if you burn down that cornfield, we're going to get sued and it's going to ruin, you know, we will be a bankrupt family. Um, and even maybe more foolishly, what I would do is I would light the side of the pine tree on fire where there was a, a gap where sap oh, was dripping sure. out. You light that and it, it stays on fire. And then as the sap falls, it goes like, zoom, zoom. like it is the <laughs> coolest sound. So I can just picture, yeah, hucking fireballs around. Oh, that's kind of got to be what, uh, you know, Mario fireballs, like that only louder. Mm -hmm. It's got to be what it would sound like if, <laughs> if it was real. Totally, yeah. Yeah, nice. I could totally see that, like lakeside or, or oceanside bonfire yeah, type scenario. Yeah. yeah, plenty of safety for getting crazy with fire. Uh, well, speaking of lakeside uh, or oceanside, uh, what about if you had the frog suit and let's footnote this and say that it lets you breathe underwater. Mario already basically breathes underwater. Mm -hmm. um, you, you only have it for one day. You only get to make one frog suit expedition. What is it? Hmm. Got to swim with some dolphins. Yeah. If they'll have me. Um, <laughs> I, you know, when I was <clears throat> in Costa Rica, this was, this was after the, uh, the part that you were, involved in when it was just Wendy and I in, well, actually it was Panama uh, then. Um, yeah, had an opportunity to go uh, go snorkeling with the coral and see some dolphins. And as I'm like trying to put my fin on, it's so difficult to put it on my foot, like extremely hard to get my, my heel in there and like my back, something snaps in my back and then it's that where you can't breathe oh because yeah. of the back pain you know um i'm like wendy i cannot and i already sort of was had some misgivings about it for some, i don't know it was like really early or something um so i always regretted not being able to swim with the dolphins and see the coral uh so definitely you know hell yeah let, let's make it let's make it costa rica um because i imagine you can just haul ass 
You don't need a boat to get out into the waters. You don't need to worry I, about. Notably, what the frog suit does for Mario, who already mysteriously breathes underwater, is go a lot faster, right? Right. And then uh, also to have it on land and do that adorable little hopping animation, uh, <laughs> I'd, I'd be down. I'd be down with that too. There you go. So do some cute on hopping up to the uh, cute hopping on up to the to the coastline and mm-hmm. jump on in. Go go find a pot of dolphins. Yeah, I dig it. I dig it. Well, finally, and you might be able to guess where this is going. I, I figured I might as well go, uh, you know, a raccoon suit only gets you partway there. So go full P-Wing. You only get it once. Wow. Where do you take the P-Wing? <clears throat> now, does, you say you only get it once. So are we talking a 24-hour period? Yeah, I'm, I'm being a little bit loose with it. The idea is like, you could have it for a day. Um, but it's not like you can take it to like numerous areas around the world because... You know, at, at best, if you're going on a few different flights, they're they're in driving distance from each other or something. You know. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it'd be, it would be probably a waste of time to get on an airplane on the day that you have the P wing. So right. let's just assume that you, can, if you wanted to fly somewhere in advance to be on location, you could, you would have done that to get to your location. And then I'm not sure about obtaining any sort of oxygen supply. So it, it does sort of limit. We can suspend disbelief on that. After all, we're doing that with frog suit and letting you swim underwater. So Okay, so it gives you air, thin you air can, breathing. You you can breathe in thin air, obviously not in the like, you know, at yeah, not not in the uh lower orbit or whatever. I'm but, I'm kind uh, of torn yeah. between flying somewhere that you're not supposed to or that you can't. And uh the alternative of going to Blue Mounds um, State Park, which is uh, about a 40 minute drive from here. It's like the highest point in Southern Wisconsin. And I would want to climb up or fly up to the top of the lookout tower and just survey and then just leisurely like fly my way back to Madison and see all the fall colors, you know, see my city in a way that, sure you get a a snippet of it when you're flying in on an airplane. Yeah. but that that seems like semi achievable without the magic of the P wing. Um, sure, get a pilot's license and you know fly in like a tiny little Cessna or something. Yeah, or even a drone quite, or something. It's not quite the same, but you would still have a somewhat similar experience. And there's definitely something different about a P wing from like um, uh, parasailing or um, you know hang gliding. Yeah. It's similar, but it has a, uh, a quality that is distinctly different uh, in terms of the amount of control uh, and freedom that you have. Yeah, my other thought is like, if I could go to, you know, like China or even a place like Afghanistan, I mean, with my like conditioned brain, when I think of China or Afghanistan, like it conjures up very specific things, but they have some of the most wonderful natural beauty in the world. Oh, sure. And in um, parts of these countries, yeah, well, I mean, China's very, very big. So, you know, you can start at ground level and you could just flutter through a canopy, you know, blast off um, above that. Uh, so, actually, I think I would do that. I want to go somewhere new and get like the full comprehensive strata of. Of, of that place and just go wherever, wherever looks cool. 
you know, I like talking about it that way. You, you just made me think about the part of like what that feeling would be like to start running and then you're running really fast and yeah. you jump. Uh, like the way that the way that Mario does and like that would be an astounding feeling to have as just a normal human being yep good good question I like the I like the the parameters of it that's good stuff man yeah you know sometimes you gotta try and figure it out you don't want too infinite a canvas yeah um cool well uh moving ahead into the Next to last, I was, I was say, of speaking show. of limiting the canvas, yes, <laughs> um, it is time once again, Moses, for Paul and Moses with your baseball updates. And uh, Moses, we've been waiting a long time, so uh, say it with me here. Baseball is is in in. Prologue. <laughs> two months, who knows? Uh, but baseball is uh, semi back. Um, baseball. You can't even call it a preseason. It's not that. <laughs> it is no, a prologue. It's definitely the the prologue. Uh, players um, once per week are falling from the black hole that uh, ate the entire league at the end of the last era, which seems like a lifetime ago. But I, I think it was a year and a half ago, maybe. Um, was it even and, that long ago? Yeah, okay, I mean a little bit, maybe a little less than a year and a half, but something yeah. like that. Because it was like I thought it was like August, maybe. It was. Is that yep. one? Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. So just a little over a year ago, and then of course we had um, you know those short circuits, but those really didn't quite count. Yeah. So uh, yeah, the the page uh, has been updated. Um, it's counting the number of people who sign up. Um, and you and I were talking about this, I believe that it still counts the press starts even if you have already uh registered your email i don't have a button um probably because it already has you logged in ah gotcha so i noticed if i were but there's no place to to log out either right just a black hole yeah well not just a black hole there's (laughs) something here and i I mean there's apparently going to be an artifact (laughs) yeah i noticed that Right before the the newest fall, um, they uh, the number was was spiking pretty quickly. Like in real time, I was watching. I'm like, well, it's unlikely that a bunch of new people are signing up just at this at exactly this moment, you know. So I figured you can you can press it to your heart's content. Um, but uh, just to announce <laughs> so far, um, what has happened for our teams here. Yeah. Um, as the website <laughs> chugs a bit. Well, so October 28th was the first fall. And then we had one on November 4th. And the next fall, there the fri- fall Fridays. Um, next fall will be November 11th. They're happening at 3 Eastern, noon Pacific. And, um, you know, at other times, depending on where else you are, noon is only relevant to me in the context of this particular moment of this particular podcast. Yeah. And I'm, <clears throat> I'm actually coughing up a storm here, man. You want to, yeah, I was going to say, Paul seems to be yeah. dying. So, you know, uh, <laughs> we're, we're, we're hopefully we're going to make it through this. Um, we're going to make it through, through this fall <laughs> in more ways than one. Um, but yeah, back on, uh, on October 28th and, uh, I'll wait for you to, uh, kind of level out, but I'll, I'll move this forward as far as players that fell. Um, 
the magic uh, got Inky Rutledge uh, back. And because uh, one of the things about these falls is that players are, are manifesting out of the hole and falling onto teams, but not necessarily to the teams from whence they came. And for the tacos, uh, we got Alan Cranch, um, who was, was not with us previously. Uh, and then on November 4th, um, the magic, you got, um, why, there, why are you at the bottom? Who knows? Axel Campbell. Um, and for the tacos, we got Tot Best. Um, although also of note in relation to the history of the magic for those who have been listening to the pod um, for a longer time. Uh, where did she go? There she is. The mechanics got the loved frog girl, Chorby Short back. Right. Well, not back. I don't remember where she was actually when she, uh, when, when she, everyone. I think she was with the Mills. Okay. Yeah. Uh, not, not my least favorite team. <laughs> They're calling her a uh, Corby Short now because she's with the core mechanics cute i like it fair yeah. enough fair enough so yeah i mean it had to be pretty delightful for the magic to get uh to get inky back yeah good old inky who knows if he's going to be a pitcher again you know normal human inky uh, perfectly not a, normal human not a squid with obviously a normal number of appendages exactly yeah um so, you know, at, at its current rate, I would be surprised if baseball came back before the new year. Um, you know, we'd speculated that maybe they would start doubling up on the falls, but Did since it happen. didn't happen yet, I assume it won't be happening. Um, I'm also wondering, though, whether they're even going to drop all of the players in this manner or if they're just going to run this out for a period of time, uh, you know, as a prologue. And yeah. if like, it'll, it's just kind of a bit of a teaser. I saw some uh, speculation over on one of the tacos discord channels that maybe the devs ran into an issue that has delayed their release schedule from what they thought it was going to be. And, yeah, you know, uh, being who they are, um, they decided to get, uh, do something clever. Um, uh, certainly yeah. there's been some disappointment on, uh, on the tacos end of things for sure. Um, I've been, I've been checking in on the discord occasionally. I, I'm not, I'm not active there. I have one of my resolutions, uh, for new blaze ball is to be a little more active, uh, on the, on the tacos discord, get to know some of the, some of the fellow, fellow fans a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's quite a, quite a community. Yeah, it really is. It really is. I've just been like one of the many lurkers. I have no doubt that on any given team, uh, discord, there's more lurkers than there are actives. Uh, yeah. That certainly describes me. Although I was just thinking that I really should weigh in uh, on our Taco About Food channel and let folks know about the really good El Pastor tacos I had recently. Hmm. Seems appropriate, you know. Nice. And some yeah. of them have to be in in LA, so. Right. Nice. So yeah, it's uh, it is on its way <clears throat> back as as I am on my way out of this mortal coil. Apparently. Um, <laughs> I'm actually thinking we will probably have to call it now because I cannot get more than a sentence out without hacking up a lung. Yeah. Um, serves me right for, like, I couldn't find my mask for a couple of days and I'm like, went to work and picked up some crud for sure. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. It's bad, bad. It's not, not COVID uh, as far as I know, but, uh, but definitely it's, some crud. It's I'm the like, season of crud though. Like, this is what being sick is like. Like, I can't. It's been years, but here we are. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, with that, I think we will probably skip um, make my game this week, unfortunately. <laughs> because Paul uh, needs to be able to breathe and stop yeah. talking. Yes. Um, which brings us, of course, into the final bit of the show, the goodbyes. And Moses, uh, any final thoughts from you this week? For all of those who are out there listening, you know, please just send your, your best thoughts and energy to Paul that he might heal and <laughs> not die on us. Um, but uh, yeah, no, no, everyone be good. Take care of yourselves. It is, in fact, cold and flu season. So COVID aside, uh, you know, just uh, take care of yourselves. No doubt. Um, <clears throat> and yeah, thank, <laughs> thanks as always uh, for being here with us. Hopefully it won't be a, a solo venture from here on out. <clears throat> Um, and uh, thanks to everyone out there for listening to this week's episode of Paul and Moses Play if you have a question, a comment or a cure uh, please (laughs) email us at paulandmosesplay at gmail.com we'll see you next week and until then never never stop playing. playing